1: It's time for School, Rock School, with your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. I'm listening
0: to this, and the the, the record representative's on the phone with me. It's playing along, and that, that terrible fake drum, boom, dang, dang. And she's like, all right, you ready to take that right up into the hot rotation? I said, well, I'd like to
1: take it somewhere hot, like the engine block of my car. And Chad P. You can't go the opposite way and say, well, you know, nobody bought it, but it's still really good. Class is in. Broadcasting live from a deep, dark Chilean mine. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for letting me open the show, Doc, so I can get my bit in. Very nice. What's I, happening? I wish I'd have thought of that. Cool deal. Oh, it's rock school,
0: folks. How are you? I'm Joe Burns. Uh, I'm a professor and wish I'd thought of that joke. Here in the uh, communication department, Southeastern Louisiana University. Who's the funny guy next to me? I'm Chad P. Hey, let's do a show Why here. Why not? Do you, Chad P., read the critiques of albums and singles in the back of like Spin Magazine, Rolling Stones, something oh, yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. Ab- yeah, I do. Do you align yourself with them? If you like it, do you like the album? If they
1: hate it, do you hate the album? I try not to. I find myself every now and then agreeing with someone and I'll read their critique and it'll kind of persuade me a little bit. And I don't like that because I, I really believe that everyone has an opinion and they yeah. should stay true
0: to it. I, Rolling Stone tends to move me a little. Bit. I yeah. don't know why. Maybe it's just because it's Rolling Stone, Cloud's right. Part, Single Beam of Light sure. and all of that. But uh, I think Friends do a lot more to me. Like a, a buddy of mine, Steve or, or Paul or somebody like that says mm-hmm. to me, hey, this is a great album. Take a listen to it. I'll give it a whole lot more weight than anything else. But It is good because, just, because
1: Steve said it was.
0: That's right. Yeah. Some faceless, nameless critic just to me doesn't, you know, you know, unless it's somebody that's really, you know, Lester Bangs like this. Oh, right. it's Lester Bangs. Yeah. Now I
1: got to go look at it. The thing I have with with critics is that you know if you're going to say yeah this album really didn't move me or it it really sounds muffled or whatever then that's fine stop trying to get so fancy to where you're just burying the group even farther yeah you don't know?
0: just tell me it's not good mm-hmm. there's no need to be nasty correct well well today <laughs> on Rock School I have found a whole slew of albums where the critics were either nasty mm-hmm. or angry towards the album yeah. basically said this is terrible this isn't going to work this is some of the band's worst stuff not going to happen Ah, but yet they were wrong oh yeah. good they were wrong nothing's
1: yeah. better than a critic who gets told wrong
0: <laughs> wrong 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 right the group Go wrong the group basically had success uh-huh. because the people said Yes, this is good. And that's where you run into problems as well, because you get people that say, you know, if the music has a mass appeal, Mm -hmm. it's got to be bad Mm -hmm. because it's music for, you know, the mass. Mm -hmm. It's been dumbed down for the mass. And then you get people that are on the other side of the coin. If it's only music for a small group of people and then they use terms like, oh, it's underground or it's, you know, it's micro Mm -hmm. music, that kind of thing. Well, it's got to be good. Yeah. No. Music falls into two categories, good or bad. Correct.
1: I run into a lot of those people because we play a lot of uh, independent artists and underground labels here on KSLU, and people will tell me that they like this radio station because they can't stand mainstream music. Like, why? Why?
0: Yeah. You know, why does it have to be bad? Because lots of people like it. Right. Lots of people like pants. Mm-hmm. Stop wearing pants. You know. <laughs> Very good. All right. Very good. Let's go back to Journey. 1981. I don't dislike Journey. I like Journey. I'm sick of Don't Stop Believing. Also well, because it was on Glee. And you once watch something Glee? No. Once something gets on Glee, <laughs> I can't watch it anymore. Well, now I'm a critic. Okay. <laughs> Journey is the 28th top-selling musical act in the world, and the album Escape has sold 15 million copies, but...
1: somebody didn't like it. Oh, no. In
0: 1980, when it came out, the review by Deborah Frost said, quote, Journey could be any bunch of fluff-brained sessioneers with a singer who sounds like a eunuch. Ouch. Come on. Come on, Deb. Why are you hating? because she could and because somebody read it the problem is the people who buy records said no Deb you're wrong <laughs> we dig it here's journey stone and love rock school
1: those crazy nights I do remember in my youth. I do record those were the best times most
0: That's Journey Stone in Love right here
1: in Rock School. What are you mm-hmm. what are you upset about? What you look like getting a burst no, 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 that? no, I just got a question. The editors of these magazines, do they ever reprimand these critics for getting it
0: wrong? I can't imagine, unless Quarter- it happens a lot. Mm-hmm. And then you just got to look at them and say, look, you're you are you're just being nasty. You're not even in tune with what people enjoy.
1: Well, you can become a punchline. Like, I'll use a football reference. A lot of people were laughing at the coach of the San Diego Chargers whenever he let Drew Brees go. And we picked him up, and he's a Super Bowl MVP quarterback. Right. So, ha, 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 North Turner, ha, ha, ha. But if you make too many mistakes like that, I gotta imagine you'll be looking for gainful employment. I would think soon. I would think you just. There's there's also a difference between being clever and Uh just being nasty. Well, you can give your opinion in a creative way without. Like you said, just being nasty and slamming the people. Yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to call you know Steve Perry a eunuch. He no. has a high voice. You could
0: say you could he's say, operatic. Yeah, you don't you have to call him like, a eunuch. You
1: could say just say hey, you know I, high voices are kind of a turn off for me. I don't really like them. I think he should use more bass in his voice. Don't don't reference him like that. That's yeah. just mean. And you also have that's a problem with being a critic though. You have to take
0: a stance, and by taking a stance. You get it wrong sometimes. Hmm. These things happen. The Rolling Stones' Exile on Main Street. Uh I mean, so successful. Number seven on Rolling Stones' greatest albums of all time. In fact, so successful back in May of this year, a remastered version came out with 10 new tracks. Many people believe the greatest album The Stones ever put out. Not me. I think Let It Bleed was the greatest (laughs) Rolling Stones album. But Exile on Main Street. You're kidding me.
1: The critics thought this was bad. Here's some food for thought. Do you What's think that? the critics for Rolling Stone ever give a bad review to the Rolling Stones? Oh sure. Oh yeah, they Seriously? tore them up. <laughs> Here are some of the things that were said about Exile on Main Street. They
0: said it was ragged, impenetrable. It was viewed as bloated, terrible. The Stones were resting on their laurels and not challenging the listener in any new way. Uh. They said it was a placeholder. The Stones were simply replaying the same song 18 times. The greatest Stones album of their period is yet to come. Don't worry. You'll probably lift the needle from time to time when you don't wish to hear the remainder of the song. And the greatest album is still yet to come. (laughs) I think I just said that twice. Believe me. Nobody needs to tell you that Exile on Main Street proved all those critics wrong. Guess who owns the remastered version of Exile on Main Street? Uh, you? Simois. Here's the first remastered track from Exile on Main Street. This is called Plundered My Soul. Right here, Roxbury. that they created in one of 10 songs
1: that were additional to the Exile on Main Street. Let me put you on the spot right oh, here. Go ahead. Has something ever come out that you thought was bad and it turned out it just oh, yeah. took off? Oh, yeah. Like what? Princess Purple Rain. You didn't like Purple Rain? Oh, I Rain? thought that was a
0: hideous piece of music. Come on, man. Hideous. Hideous. Yeah, um, uh, the, the song Purple Rain. Mm-hmm. Oh, also when doves cry. <laughs> oh, golly. <laughs> I remember, I was programming when that came out. Yeah. And I remember when the single came and that, that terrible guitar. <laughs> <laughs> and then the song began with it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm listening to this, and the, the, the record representative is on the phone with me, and it's playing along, and that, that terrible fake drum, boom, bang, dang, bang, bang, dang, dang, bang, bang, dang, dang, bang, 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 gets started. Yeah. And she's like, all right, you ready to take that right up into the hot rotation? I said, well, I'd like to take it somewhere hot, like the engine block of my car. What, what is this? <laughs> oh, that's going to be number one in the country. I said, I'll quit radio if it is. Uh-oh. <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> <you know? laughs> all right, let me give you another one. I got a lot like that. Mm-hmm. I really do. And I've had ones that I was positive were going to be massive hits. Yeah. Uh, Indigo Girls was one. Mm-hmm. I just thought the Indigo Girls were the greatest thing since sliced cheese. Yeah, I just thought it was fantastic. Nothing. I mean, I must have tried 5 of their singles. Come on man, threw it up on the radio. Come on, this is it. Great. This is great. Guys, this is it. This is nothing. Nothing. Hmm. I just couldn't get anything out of them. Oh, well. Anyway, Bon Jovi when Bon Jovi came out, I mean, they had a little bit of a hit with Runaway. Right. And I think what really killed him was the purple leather pants on the front of the single. But when they came out with their Slippery When Wet album. That album was good. Oh, man. yeah. It was I good. Liked it. I I got I, it. I had it. I got it. Guess how many millions of copies it sold? Take a guess. How many millions of copies? Five. 28. <laughs> 28. Okay. You asked me, did anybody from Rolling Stone give bad reviews? Oh, yes. Jimmy Gunterman, 1986, wrote... Bon Jovi's band is barely functional, guitar solos pop up like afterthoughts, bass lines whine like spoiled children and Bon Jovi's voice is double and triple tracked in half-hearted attempts to cloak its blandness. Well Jim, 28 million people decided to go out and plunk down money for it. And so there you go, here's Bon Jovi, raise your hand from Slippery When Wet, Rock School. Okay, okay, I know. But have you noticed our emails been picking up lately? Yes. Apparently, I'm upsetting people. Uh, yeah. I get it. I get it. I know what the emails are going to say. You said that Bon Jovi sold 28 million albums, and because of that, it has to be good. No, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but when you email me and say, just because it sold 28 million or 28 million albums doesn't mean it's good. No, but it also doesn't mean that 28 million people are wrong. Well, you know what I mean? There has to be, because of 28 million in sales, that has to mean that there has to be something good about it. I would 28 think, million yeah.
1: people can't be wrong. Right. You know what I mean? because yeah, you, you can't you can't go the opposite way and say, well, you know, nobody bought it, but it's still really good. Oh yeah, it has to be great because no one liked it.
0: Only the those that are into it. Right. The, when when somebody's arguing with me, when they get loud, I know I've won. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. When, when somebody gets angry and 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 they loud, I know I've won. And furthermore, when their argument turns into the, well, you just don't get it. You don't get it. Right. Then I know I've won as you well. Got to see them
1: live. Right. You and, don't understand.
0: you don't under. You can't. You just can't accept it you don't that was that's when I know I've won as well and it's the same thing with music what they'll say is something to the effect of well it's not of your generation so well you don't you don't get it and my statement is always well explain it to I'm like explain it to me like I'm an eighth grader Uh, (laughs) you just won't get it well why not well it's so mass-produced so? <laughs> why why is it bad because so many people like it? Why is it good because only people who live on Green Street and Main Street like it? Yeah,
1: I've actually I've been hanging around you too long because I've started that <laughs> so what stuff. So like somebody will say a, make a statement to me and I go, so what? Well, uh, t- 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 back it up. Because! Uh, because. Uh, now you're getting loud. <laughs> yeah,
0: if they get loud, you've won. <laughs> Hello, Radio Universidad in
1: Salamanca, Spain, where nobody gets loud. Thanks for running the radio show. Hello, KSCL in Shreveport, Louisiana. You know, Shreveport got a lot of bad critics at first. Yeah, And they proved every one of them wrong. That's right. Because they're just great. <laughs> exactly. Get us, on, uh, get us on the
0: Facebook, which is just now Facebook. See? I went and saw the movie. It was the Facebook. Now it's just Facebook. Really? And I'm not going to be a critic about the uh, i thought it was called social network no well it's social network but facebook was originally called the facebook ah, but now it's facebook yeah it dropped to the yeah it was a good movie see i'm a critic uh <laughs> we'll be back in just a minute rock school As we talk about the critical response of records, and specifically, sometimes when the critics got it wrong. You like Steve Miller Band? I do. Uh, Steve Miller has an album called Circle of Love, and it's it's an album that I did not make the jump from vinyl to CD. Because you have to make that decision when Mm -hmm. you move from CD. Yesterday, and I mean literally yesterday, my wife and I made the jump to HD... Television. What? You just
1: got an TV? Yeah, we're not
0: big adopters. We just... Finally, the people at DirecTV called us and said, you want to do it? We'll give you the equipment for free. Okay. Well, welcome. Yeah, welcome. Thank we're glad you. to have you. So now we have to decide in our movie collection, what are we going to move from DVD to oh, Blu-ray? What's Blu-ray worthy? <laughs> yeah. So we've already made four choices to uh-huh. jump over again, but they're expensive, so <laughs> not a whole lot. But Steve Miller's Circle of Love, I had on vinyl. I didn't make the jump to CD. I like the album. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of these cool things because it has on the whole second side, the song Macho City takes up like the entire second side. Right. It's one of those Emerson, Lake and Palmer things sure. where the song goes on for 20 something minutes. Well, in 1973, when it came out, Bud Scopa stated, Steve Miller is responsible for three of the best albums I own and the worst album I own. He stated for every hit album that he has, like Fly Like an Eagle There's a terrible album like Circle of Love. The only problem is the people who like Steve Miller, like me, just didn't listen to him. And the Steve Miller
1: band album Circle of Love goes platinum. In the United States and gold in Canada. So Scopa really thought that that was the worst album. I mean, that, that he did, owned. You know, seriously, of all the you are a music critic. Yeah, I would think that you have more than you know five pieces of of music in your collection, and, and that is the absolute worst
0: one. Seriously, doesn't own a Spice Girls album,
1: or I guess they weren't
0: out at that time. <laughs> I guess that's what it is. Here you go, heart like a wheel. Steve Miller Band. Rock skull. is Rock School. Welcome to the bottom of the hour. My name is Joe Burns. Chad P. We're going to get back to talking about where the critics got it wrong but first, a little thing we do at this time, every time we do the radio show. Seven days, 70 seconds, Monday, October 11th, Sunday October 17th and by the way, no complaining, I have three deaths. You're talking about how you get all the deaths? I'm not I got three deaths I'm this time complaint. around. Go ahead
1: with Monday, Chad. Monday, October 11th, Happy Columbus Day and Thanksgiving for our Canadian fans. Oh well. 19. 70, the follow-up to the best-selling live album in history, Frampton Comes Alive Part 2 mm-hmm. is released. It comes alive again. It's
0: alive. Uh, 25 years ago, 1985, Tuesday, October 12 Ricky Wilson, founding
1: member of the B-52s, dies of AIDS at age 32 in New York City, New York. October number 13 in 1975, prolific singer songwriter Neil Young had surgery in Los Angeles, and they had to remove a small growth on his vocal chords. Yeah, I had the same thing done. Uh, 20 years ago, 1990, October
0: 14th, Leonard Bernstein, longtime orchestra conductor for the New York Philharmonic,
1: dies of pneumonia at age 72 in New York, New York. Here's one for you. Friday, October 15th in 1950, Beatles drummer Pete Beat Pete, had, Beat. Pete Beat had to get a sit-in for him at a recording studio in Hamburg, Germany. You know who the sit-in? Was? I would assume it's Ringo. Ringo Starr! Yeah, okay. <laughs> 20
0: years ago, 1990, Saturday, October 16th, credited with being one of the inventors of modern bebop-style drumming, Art Blakely dies at age 71. There's my three deaths. Morbid, man. Yes. Yeah, Sunday, October 17th, 50 years ago, 50s hit vocal group Dion and
1: Belmont announced they are breaking up. When you said the, the, the whole group, Group, I was like, "Oh, don't tell me they died." Yeah, all, all deaths. I got
0: nothing but people dying.
1: Okay, back to when the critics got it wrong. You like No Doubt? I do. Let let me let me state this about No Doubt. I'm kind. Of, no Doubt's one of those iffy bands for me. I do like them. They come out with a piece of music. I may be kind of iffy about it. I may not like it. I'll wait for the next piece of music. So I do look for what the critics say when the new No Doubt album comes out because I want to kind of prepare myself for what I'm going to hear. There's you know, something about her voice that's kind of weird to me. I don't know. It just kind of it kind of
0: rings you wrong. You can't really describe it. But yeah, yeah, it kind of rings wrong to me. Her it solo stuff wrong. is kind of <laughs> weird in my ear. I don't know. Well, when you have a song where you spell bananas... It's yeah. kind of hard to get on that band. And puts Yo at the end of it. Okay. <laughs> well, No Doubt's first album in 1992, No Doubt's, mm-hmm. that was a self-titled album, uh, they tried to bring so much ska into it that they ran into some trouble. And uh-huh. uh, Yahoo Music reviewer Bill Holdenship said that the album was a rather nondescript ska pop effort and will not do well by the group. Okay. Mm -hmm. And finally, the group's uh, programmer in the U.S. for radio station KROQ stated, it will take an act of God for this band to get on the radio. They will be a failure. Well. I guess God likes No Doubt. (laughs) Yeah, apparently. So God made his act, and there you go. From uh, From the debut album from No Doubt, No Doubt, this one here is called Trapped in a Box. Rock School. Okay, I'm going back and forth and back and forth on whether to play this or not. Which one? It's Nickelback.
1: Oh, I'm that not fr- so ugly.
0: No, I'm not... Oh, come now! He was in
1: the Ugly Guy show we did a couple of years ago, <laughs> Chad Kroger. He looks like the Lion from The Wizard of Oz. All right.
0: Here's the reason I go back and forth on it. I'm not a big Nickelback fan, but there are tons of Nickelback fans out there. Every one of their albums go platinum, 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 platinum. And it's hard to argue against Success on it. My yeah. wife adores Nickelback. What? I mean, she loves She Nickelback. does? I cannot download, in legally, I cannot download <laughs> enough Nickelback huh. for my wife. It's really? insane. And by the way, I can't spell it right any time that I download <laughs> Nickelback. I always flip the L and the E backwards all, every single time. Nickelback. We've got to play some, uh, some Nickelback for you here from the album Silver Side Up. According to David Marchese in his editor's blog on Spin Magazine and I I hate to do this because Nickelback really catches heck. You gotta know that the guys in the band really want to scream. What does it take to make you love us, Uh huh. you know, because after a while you can say, I don't care what the critic says, but after a while you just want to strangle somebody on I'll this, tell you what, yeah. never once I think have they ever caught a break. It's sort of, it's sort of become cool to attack Nickelback because <laughs> <laughs> you, you they just want to kill somebody. Yeah. No one's
1: straddling the fence when it comes to Nickelback. No. You either really love them or you really yeah. hate
0: them. Are you ready for this? Well, yeah, I am. Quote, Nickelback... <laughs> Strikes me as the musical equivalent of beef jerky. What? Mar- oh, it goes on. Marginally enjoyable, momentarily satisfying, but fundamentally gross. Now, come on. Oh. I mean, now, come on. That You never mentioned the music. My guess is he never even listened to the songs. He just thought to himself, I'm going to say something nasty about Nickelback. Right. Because in the same way you make fun of certain people in high school, other people will go, yay, you made fun
1: of Nickelback. Now, see, that's just dumb. It that's is. That's dumb. Can that's you imagine? Just dumb. You, so seriously, you sat down and you like, like, oh, I really don't like them. Oh, I know what I'll do. I'll compare them to beef jerky. I won't make
0: fun of their music. I won't make fun of their lyrics. I won't mention their songwriting capabilities. Right. I
1: will compare them to beef jerky. Because I am. Yeah. You know, beef Jerky, and Lord knows I've thought about that exact thing yeah. when I eat my beef jerky. Dude, that, you are dumb. You are really dumb. Is he right? No, he's not right. Okay, here's Nickelback. How you remind me on Rock's Cool. Never made it as a
0: wise man. I couldn't cut it as a poor man stealing. Tired of living like a blind man. I'm sick of sight without a sense of feeling. And
1: this is how.
0: All right, we're going back and forth, back and forth on this. What songs we like by Nickelback.
1: Well, because I stated
0: I I liked this song when it first came out. And before the radio shoved it down your throat. Yeah, they really did. And being in the world of radio, we hear the songs two and three times more than anybody else because we program them. Correct. And we, we... Songs wear on us a whole lot quicker. Mm-hmm. You Imagine how Chad Kroger loves to hear Rockstar <laughs> because he only plays it goodness knows how many times in his life. Right. But you see, the thing about Nickelback is, see, to me, Nickelback is one of those groups that everybody seems to hate, but they sell eleven gabajillion albums. Mm-hmm. So somebody likes them. It's kind of like the Mult- Michael Bolton theory. What? Michael Bolton is hated by everybody. Pick 100 people and say, do you like Michael Bolton? And you'll get 100 answers. God, no, not me. No, I hate Michael Bolton. In fact, they will go out of their way to talk about how much they hate Michael Bolton. Yet, Michael Bolton has sold 40 million albums. Somebody's listening to him. I get the feeling there are many people with the alb- with their, in their car, with the windows rolled up, Listening to Michael Bolton. (laughs) Because they don't want you to
1: know they're listening to Michael Bolton, but they're listening to Michael Bolton. And I think Nickelback's the same way. I have a theory, and it's called Teeny Bop Girls. The majority of people that hate Nickelback are males. Ask the Teeny Bop Girls if they hate Nickelback. And they go, no, I love them. I love that song. But you say Chad Kroger's ugly. Well, I think he's ugly. Hi,
0: KLSU. This is the kind of high-quality radio you get week after week. Who else listens
1: to us? WBSD in Burlington, Wisconsin. They where Nickelback. They, but they think Kroger's ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Ask anybody up there. Doc, seriously.
0: What? He's ugly. I have no idea. Yes, I, you do. No, I don't rate men on, on handsomeness scale. I don't oh, do don't that. Don't you even try to play that card. I have a chart up in my room. You should come take uh-huh. a look. It starts with Kroger on the left and right. goes all the way to right to Brad Pitt. I got your chart. Back in a minute. Rock School.
1: Chad's calling a penalty, it's a penalty on me. a penalty right here. Delay of game, false start. Michael, no no Michael Bolton. no Michael Bolton. So okay. We're supposed to be talking about critics and yes. music. We've got Chad Kroger's handsomeness yes. and Michael Bolton. All right. Well, let's move along to a beautiful group. Kiss. What? Kiss, yeah. All right. Oh, God. Uh,
0: Kiss's destroyer by the way. Good album. Yeah. Detroit Rock City, Mm. Beth, God of Thunder, King of the Nighttime World, all of those on this one album. Great album. Yeah. If you're not a Kiss fan, what can I use to get me into Kiss? destroyer is a pretty good album somebody didn't like it. yeah somebody didn't like it well the kiss was catching a lot of heck because kiss was an easy target mm-hmm. think about it you got these four guys in kabuki makeup yep. that are putting on these rock shows with what a lot of people at the time thought was mediocre rock music right so you know as a critic i need to really attack somebody let's go after these goofballs from new york
1: it Why makes not? It makes sense because you could easily accuse them of being more about a show right, than music. about a sound. Sure. Well, according
0: to John Millward from Rolling Stone, Destroyer, the album, was this. This bizarre costumed quartet See? still lacks the flash of creative madness that could make their music interesting or at least listenable. Mm-hmm. No one should buy this album. Well guess what? This is the first Kiss album to go platinum. Take that and shout it out loud. Here's Kiss. High school. Time for one more on Rock School, and none of them have to do anything with Michael Bolton. Let me tell you some of the other albums I got here that we didn't get to. Led Zeppelin's original album, Led Zeppelin, it was destroyed by the critics. Get out. I mean, they absolutely hated it. Mm. Weezer's Pinkerton? Mm -hmm. No, people hated it. Even the the people in the band, Rivers Cuomo thought it was terrible. One Uh, of the band members? Yeah, he thought it was horrible, and (laughs) the thing's gone on to be gold. Uh, Sex Pistols, never mind the Bullocks. Uh uh, Nobody liked that whatsoever. The Stooges' Raw Power, actually ended up breaking up the band, believe it or not. Wow. And uh, that wraps it up. Oh, and the Red Hot Chili Peppers original album, 1984, Red Hot Chili Peppers, actually received such a bad review, it stated that uh, there's no way this band is actually going to succeed. So There. We're gonna finish Don't up hold back. with Black Sabbath's album *Paranoid*. Now, oh, I bet, I bet they got ridiculed. oh, they got crushed. Mm-hmm. Their first two albums were actually commercial smashes, which is why they got a third album. Yeah. *Paranoid*. The thing is, every single one of their albums from the critics just gets destroyed. Mm-hmm. It just is terrible. Mm-hmm. This is you know horrible stuff. One critic referred to Paranoid as bubblegum Satanist music. Bubblegum? Bubblegum Satanist music. Oh, I mean, how do you put those words together? That's, yeah. One guy, Nick Tosh in Rolling Stones, reviewed the entire album, spent 1,500 words dismissing it, never once mentioned the band's name, nor mentioned the album, nor mentioned any song on the album. It was maybe the worst biased review of any of the Black Sabbath Paranoid album reviews. Well, then you get an F, dummy. No subject, <laughs> no verb. Terrible. Uh, Robert Christigal referred to it as a camp album, almost a horror movie to listen to, and graded it a C minus. Hmm. The problem is now we know what kind of a, an influence the thing had. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it defined heavy metal. It showed the world what heavy metal should be. Oh, yeah. And uh, Vibe Magazine has it on the, uh, the list of essential albums for the 20th century. It is everything that uh, it should be. And everybody knows that the concept of true heavy metal was started by the people at Black Sabbath. So, And by the way, Paranoid Itself, uh-huh. four times platinum. Cool deal.
1: So, Let's listen to something off the Bubblegum
0: Satanic uh, album. I don't have any bubblegums. So so let's just go with satanic. Okay. Now nah, let's not do that. It's not. It really isn't. I no, mean, it's to not. lay that over top of it is just to put it down for. To lay that across it is to try to scare people with something that it's flat out not. Because
1: if they don't come out right. in sequins and, and lights and bubbles right. and everything, then, oh, it must be evil. Yeah. They wear,
0: he's wearing black. He must be a devil worshiper. Because, Chad, I'm not a witch. I'm you, ok. What? Here you go. Here's Iron Man. Black Sabbath. I'm Joe Burns. I'm a witch. I'm you. I'm okay. Chad P. ok. Classes dismissed.